Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. And we welcome you to get your Bible and something to take notes on and come right on into the class today. We are in the middle of talking about the great 11th chapter of Hebrews. We're calling it By Faith, and we're seeing how the patriarchs lived and overcame and got amazing miracles by faith because the Scripture tells us we have the same spirit of faith, just like them. So let's pray and release faith today and get some more answers and not just get a head full of knowledge, but get our spirit fed. Faith school's the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. So let's uh, lay hold of more of that today. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you together for the utterance that only you can give, for the anointing. Give all of us eyes that can see and ears and hearts that are open to hear and understand and discern what's not obvious to the world, what only you can reveal, answers and direction and help uh, that things uh, stop just being an idea or concept to us only, but that we experience the reality of these things and know how to live in them and walk in them. And we purpose to do so. We thank you in advance for amazing results. Glory to you is what we seek, Lord. Glory. Get glory to yourself in our lives, our spirits, our bodies, or every part of our being Get glory to yourself, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would look in our text again, Hebrews chapter 10, and let's uh, continue in our study. In uh, Hebrews chapter 10, we see in verse 35, where he says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, Verse 38 says, now the just shall live by faith. Chapter 11, verse 1 gives us the definition of faith. Faith is, uh, one translation talks about the confidence <clears throat> of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then he starts uh, point by point giving different revelations of faith and different examples of faith. How that Abel gave by faith, and Enoch was translated by faith. Noah prepared an ark by faith. Abraham, so many things happened with him by faith. Sarah has got her own verse here in, in chapter 11 of uh, the great faith chapter. And we had gotten down to verse 20, uh, where it said, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob, and Esau concerning things to come. And on yesterday's class, we had gotten into talking about Mark 11, uh, 22 and 23, about how that Jesus had spoken to the fig tree and that the change happened underground. So why don't you just flip back there, hold your place in, in Hebrews 11, but look in Mark 11, Mark 11, Hebrews 11, goes good together, don't they? Um, in Mark 11 and verse 22, uh, when they remarked and said, look how quickly 
Peter said that the fig tree had withered because Jesus 24 hours earlier had spoken not a prayer to the Father about the tree. He spoke directly to the tree. And then 24 hours later, Peter and the other guys said, look at that, look at that. So it must have been green and looked fine the day before, and now the thing is dried up in a day, and uh, the revelation reveals it was from the roots. It was dried up from the roots. Well, that was something you couldn't see. You'd have to dug up the tree or dug under it. You didn't see that, but that's where it happened. That's where it was initiated, was in the realm you couldn't see. This is such a great graphic example for us, isn't it? Because in, in everything in life is this way. Spiritual principles and, and faith principles are such that things happen where you can't see, and then they manifest where you can see. And so Jesus used it as a teaching point, and he said, uh, have the faith of God. And, and he's saying, if you put Matthew's account with this, he's saying, you have faith too. And in Matthew, he said, if you would have faith and not doubt, you'll not only do this which, is, this which is done to the fig tree, but if you say to the mountain, is he telling them they could do what he just did? Yes, he is. Obviously, he is. And this is the revelation many have not. They say, well, yeah, but that's, that's Jesus. He's the Son of God. I mean, he can do stuff like that, but don't you try it. No, Jesus emptied himself, the Bible said. He became a man. He didn't stop being God, but he laid aside his powers and abilities as God and functioned like other men, Philippians says, with no unfair advantage over us. Uh, in fact, that's why the first miracle that happened was after the Holy Spirit came on him. Well, God doesn't need to be anointed to do something, but men do. Right? And so he is functioning as a man. And so then he's showing us how to do it. And so in verse 23, he, he gives insight. He says, whoever. So who will this work for? Whoever. Not just Jesus. Not just apostles. Not just prophets. Who? Whoever will say to this mountain, who, who, whoever will do what? Say, and this is where you'll run into a bunch of religious tradition, you know. I know sometimes we've had guests in our church, churches, uh, and we, you know, we make confessions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll see people that are new, they're looking around going, why are we saying all these things? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're not used to it because the church got away from what's been in the Bible all the time. And that is, if you live by faith, you do some saying. Hmm? You do some speaking. And he said, whoever will say to the mountain, that's not prayer. Everybody agree, this is not prayer. He didn't say, pray and plead with God to move the mountain. And yet, isn't that what many are doing? Please God, make the mountain go. Please God, please God, please God, I beg you. Get this mountain out of my way. Make the mountain go. That's not what he told us to do. He told us to speak, 
to the mountain. And not just empty words, but go on and read the rest of it. If you'll, if you'll speak to the mountain, be removed. You know, we, we've talked about uh, how that Isaac and, and Jacob blessed their offspring and their descendants and that blessing begins with be. Hmm? And releasing power is released with be. Be, or we might say, become. And then that's going to, when there's real faith there, it releases real power in the realm you can't see. And that affects eventually. I mean, with Jesus, it was uh, 24 hours. So don't be shocked if it's a few hours before what you say comes to pass, because he's operating at a pretty high level here. Is that right? And we're learning. But uh, be removed. Be cast into the sea. God said, light be. And then in the blessing, he said, be fruitful and multiply. We're made in God's image and likeness. We're told to be followers or imitators of him, which means if he says, be this, be that, what should you and I do? Be. Be. And if God calls those things that be not, be not, what should we do? We should call those things as be not, as though they be <laughs> or were, right? Seriously. This should be happening with us on a daily basis. Got bills? Hmm? What do you do? Call them paid. Is that right? I call these bills paid. Right? Got, got an issue in your body? Call it. If it's not, kidney's not functioning right, call it healed. Say, kidney, be corrected. Hmm? Be restored. Function normally. I call you whole. Amen. Now this just sounds wacky to some people. But this is how you get changes. This is how Jesus did it. You going to call him wacky? <laughs> this is how God does it. Some of say, yeah, but you're not God. We know that. But Jesus did it as a man told his disciples to do it, told us to do it, said it would work for whosoever, anybody that would do it, and then told us later, imitate me, imitate God. People, I, I actually had somebody get upset with me one time, and they said, well, uh, who do you think you are? You're just trying to act just like Jesus. I said, I thought that was the idea. Don't you? You got a better example for me to act like? <laughs> He is the example, isn't he? Didn't he also say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Now, if he did them as God, how can I believe that? Right? I'm not God. But if he did them as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he would anoint me and you with that same spirit... We see the glorious possibilities of walking in his footsteps and praying like he prayed and believing like he believed and walking like he walked and talking like he talked. Oh, he spoke to trees. He spoke to the wind and the waves, didn't he? 
He spoke to wrong spirits and they obeyed. He spoke to the dead and they raised. Hallelujah. Is that right? Do you think it would behoove us to camp on this speaking thing? Hmm? Absolutely. Like we said, this is faith 101. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. And sometimes people say, well, I said it and nothing happened. Well, you, read it again. <laughs> read it again. If you will say. Now, first of all, do you know who's saying this? You know, a lot, a lot of your Bibles have, have red letters, right? This is Jesus himself speaking. Does he know what he's talking about? Yes. Is he speaking by inspiration? He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. He said, if you, in, whoever will say this, this will work for anybody, be removed, be cast into the sea, and don't, don't skip this part, and not doubt in his heart. I've heard people say before that what we're talking about, they say, well, I, I said it and, and uh, nothing happened. I said it three or four times. Not a thing happened. And then later I heard, hear, hear them tell somebody else, I didn't much expect it to happen. Well, you didn't do what he said, right? You, you, you were never convinced. You were doubting while you're talking, right? Well, you can't, he didn't just say, if you'd say it, it would happen. Hmm? If you'll say it and not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he says come to pass, he shall have whatsoever. Man, that covers a lot of ground whatsoever he says. So you can begin to see that one of the big issues here is to getting faith in me and getting the doubt out so I can say it with full persuasion and confidence and then see some results. And uh, wavering doesn't cut it. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We'll try it, we'll see. But no, you're doubting doubting in your heart. And so how does, how does faith come? How do we get rid of the wavering and the wondering and the unbelief? Faith comes by hearing the anointed spoken word. Hallelujah. By hearing God talk to me and then decide through his word, by his spirit, and then decide, and that's true, that's right, I believe it. And anything else that tries to crowd, crowd in, you cast it down. You know, on one occasion, the man that had the son who was having the seizures and the disciples tried to minister to him unsuccessfully. You know, just because even the best ministers around ministered to somebody and they didn't receive, that doesn't mean it's not God's will for them to receive. Hmm? And later on, when they asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? He said, because of your unbelief. So I don't care if you travel personally with Jesus, right? <laughs> and you've heard the best sermons in the world, you can still yield to unbelief. And he said, because of your unbelief. Then the, the man looked at Jesus and said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And the man said, I believe, help my unbelief. And this is a great revelation. He got results. Jesus ministered to the boy, even with what he said, which means faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your head. Praise God. Praise God. 
You, you just have to keep deciding, no, no, no. I'm not accepting that and, and reaffirming, I believe this in my heart. It's a choice. And you keep reaffirming it. So uh, he said, if you'll say it and not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say comes to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Go back to Hebrews 11. Let's see how this applies to uh, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. Verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. We studied that in some detail back in Genesis about how that he, uh, you know, he told his, his, his son to go prepare him a special meal and that he was getting older and would soon die and he wanted to bless him before he left. And how Jacob slipped in there and <laughs> pretended to be Esau and, and his father blessed him. And then when Esau came in just a few minutes later and, and, he, and he said, well, no, no, you got to bless me too. And he said, no, I, I blessed him. And he's blessed. We see how tangible and real these things are. They're not just token ritual things. He released something when he spoke that over the boy. Can you see this? And he said, it's released and it's on him. <laughs> he might say, well, won't you just take it off? No, it's done, right? And then Esau begins to go, well, got anything left for me? <laughs> Can you give me anything left? And it's Esau's fault because he despised his own birthright earlier and sold it to his brother for a bowl of stew. And so uh, God did allow that the one who actually valued it, even though he made numerous mistakes, got to keep it. And Jacob, if you remember, became Israel and fathered the, tw the 12 sons and, and uh, founders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, that blessing that his father Isaac spoke over him is uh, still on descendants today. It still is, is continuing. And every father, every spiritual father and mother, a natural father and mother, should be giving their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren the benefits of this at the right time and place in their life that they uh, speak over their children and lay hands over them. And the children should be brought up in such a way that they respect this and treat it right. You do know that we live in an ungodly world where many don't have a clue what honor is and respect is. But God's never changed. He's a God of honor. And those who honor his things and honor him, he honors by allowing them to have and experience and carry and minister of his precious things. And it really is a big thing that if you see somebody that's enjoying the more and more of the precious things of God, revelation, anointing, place, etc., you don't have to wonder. They value it. They, they appreciate it. They esteem it. They respect it. And so you'll see so many who don't what a problem that is.
There's a lot of folks, even if it was offered to them, they'd mock it and despise it. And so, you know, they don't get it offered. You don't cast that which is holy to the dogs, Jesus said. But notice with me in this next verse, it says, By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Go with me back to Genesis 48, and let's notice some of this. In Genesis 48, verse 1 It came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Now Manasseh is the oldest, and Ephraim's the younger. One told Jacob and said, Behold, your son Joseph comes unto you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. You'll find throughout this, they keep talking about the blessing. (laughs) They keep saying, God blessed Daddy. That'd be Abraham. uh, As far as, and then God blessed Daddy, Isaac. God blessed me. And then he's going, why why is he, uh, what's happening right here? He's about to bless them. Bless, bless, bless. Hmm? We live in a world full of curse, curse, curse. Curse this, curse that, damn this, damn that. We're not of those who curse. We're those who bless. The Bible even said, if people curse you, you turn around, bless them. Well, uh, we should be such that no cursing comes out of us because there's no cursing in us. Hmm? We should be full of blessing. So that's all that comes out of us. He goes on to say, uh, The Lord blessed me, verse 4, and said to me, Behold, I make you fruitful and multiply you. I'll make of you a great multitude of people and give this land to your seed after you for an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came unto you in Egypt, are mine. Now, this is interesting because, keep keep reading, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. He's saying in the blessing, your two boys are not going to be my grandchildren. They're going to be my sons. And they're going to get, you're going to wind up getting a double portion. (laughs) Praise God. Now, you need to remember that God has just used Joseph to save the whole family because people were dying right and left. There's a famine on for seven years. It's gotten so bad. Everybody's given all the money they've got. Everybody's given all their livestock. Everybody's sold their land. You talk about hard times, hard times. And yet in the middle of this, it was revealed Joseph is not dead. He's ruling Egypt and's in control of all the food. And he sent and took them. And so they didn't lose any of their herds. They didn't lose any of their money. They didn't lose any of the family. And God has moved on the patriarch now of the family. 
and uh, Jacob, and he's, by the Spirit of God, he's got this, and he said, now your, your two boys are going to be my boys as far as rank and blessing. And your issue which you beget after them, they'll be yours. Any, any kids you have after these, they can be yours. <laughs> but these two are mine. And uh, uh, verse 8, Israel beheld Joseph's sons. Now, now, why are we reading this? Hebrews 11 said, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed the two sons of Joseph, leaning on the top of his staff. This paints a picture, doesn't it? Jacob is old, and he's about to leave. And uh, you see, both here and with Joseph, it mentions the word dying. Dying. It is true that the just shall live by faith. You know what else is true? The just shall die by faith. Is that right? <laughs> I've heard people say sometimes, you know, I'm trying to believe God. Well, what if I die when I'm trying to believe God? Honey, there ain't no better way to die. Is that right? Than, than believing God, than being in faith. And then if they're, you know, if you came short some way and you died early and failed to receive something, who are you going to see right after you get out of here? And you can say, Lord, I was doing the best I knew how. He'd say, I know it. Come here, come here, come here. And it'll be okay. And for the next several years, every so often you'll stop and go, oh, oh, that's why. Oh, oh. But here he says, uh, bring these two boys. And uh, he said, who are these? And he wants Joseph to be able to say something about it. He says, these are my sons that God's given me in this place. He said, bring them, I pray, to me, and I'll bless them. I'll do what? Bless. I'll bless them. And how is he doing this? The Bible said, by faith. He's doing it by faith. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so he could not see. He brought them near to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face. See, he thought he was dead for years. And God has showed me your seed. Joseph brought them out from between his knees, so they're little. And he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, because he's the youngest, and Manasseh in the left hand toward Israel's right hand. And brought them near. Israel stretched out his right hand, laid it on Ephraim's head, who's the younger, and the left hand on Manasseh's head. He crossed them. <laughs> and, uh, and Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, will he feed you all your life long? The angel which redeemed me from all evil, will the angel keep you too? Bless the lads and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude. This is blessing language. Can you hear it? Be this. Let this. This happen. He's blessing them. And when Joseph saw that his father had his right hand on Ephraim, it displeased him. He, he lifted up his father's hand to remove it. Uh, to Manasseh said, and Joseph said, no, my father, this is the firstborn. He thought, well, he can't see, and he got his hand on the wrong kid. But he, uh, his father refused. He said, I know it. I know it, son. 
He'll become a people. He'll be great. But his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. God speaks through elders. He speaks through beyond what they know and who they are. Praise God. Well, that's it again for today. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. 